Well, good morning, Gateway. And happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers who are here this morning. I uh, am truly happy to see you here. In fact, with the muffins out there, I wouldn't mind every Sunday morning being Mommy's Day here at the church. I hope you get your mommy muffin and your, your mommy photo out there at the, at the photo booth. And um, I hope you have a very happy Mother's Day. Uh, it's good to see you gathered this way. Uh, it has been 47 years since I was gathered here on a Mother's Day. And the last time I was gathered here, I was gathered with my mother and the family with us. And it's good to see family still gathering like that. And I hope you know how blessed you are if, if you have a, a mom or your family around you as a mom here this morning. Well, last Sunday, I was given the privilege of preaching to our Marmette campus, and I was happy to see a pretty good crowd upriver there as well. But Lynn and I, that we consider this our home church. This is where we were raised back in the 60s and 70s, and uh, where we met. Lynn used to be a blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl right there on the front row of the choir up front, second seat from the left, and I always look for her every Sunday morning. It's my job to make sure that pretty girl was in church, and um, I ended up taking her out of this church, and we spent uh, 46 years preaching around Kentucky and Ohio, mostly Ohio, and, and now, now we're back, and we're so happy to be back. So last Sunday, even though uh, I was assigned a, a preaching opportunity at Marmette, we slipped in for the early service, because this is our home church. We always planned on coming back here, and we love it here. And uh, it was a great big crowd. We were so happy to see so many people, and we knew some people were there because moms and dads were bringing their little ones for a baby dedication Sunday, if you remember, and that was so nice to see. And the house was so full for the early service. I was told the second service was filled too, but the early service, that the communion tray out of which we were served, uh, it ran out. Uh, there wasn't enough communion supplies there. In fact, I, I waited uh, because I thought this is going to be close. I waited at the end of the row to see if everybody was serving. There was one lady waiting at the end of a row next to me, and I was waiting, waiting at the next end of the row. And we were both eyeing that communion tray with one cup left in it. And when she looked at me and I looked at her, and uh, we worked it out. I won't tell you how it worked out, but we, we fought it out. And, and uh, it was really good to see. And, of course, the communion people, they came and replaced trays and refilled. And we were all served communion last Sunday. But we were so happy to see so many moms and dads bringing their little ones out, especially on the first Sunday that we were beginning a family life series. That's uh, great to see families bringing their families to hear what God says is the way he designed family life to be lived. And if you'll remember, last week we said the very basic foundation for God's design of marriage is, or of, for family, is marriage. Marriage is the basic building block. It's the, it's the cornerstone on which the family is started and, and, and is built. And as I preached that message last Sunday at Marmette, I, I closed my message by quoting Dwight L. Moody. Dwight L. Moody said, a man ought to live in such a way that everybody and his dog knows he's a Christian, but especially his family, especially his family. And then I just asked the folks upriver, I said, does your dog know? Or are you still kicking the dog? 
And more importantly, has your family been informed of your newfound faith? Do they know? Or is your Christian faith something you're just keeping to yourself in here on Sunday? Jesus said, let it out. In fact, Jesus said, let it shine, right? Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And there's probably no more important place for your faith to shine than in your own home. Amen? Is your faith shining in your own home, before your own family, especially your children? And that's what we're going to look at here this morning through the eyes of the Apostle Paul when he wrote uh, words to Christian moms and Christian dads and Christian children trying to live for Christ in the city of Ephesus. This is in Ephesus chapter 6 if you want to go home and look at it more carefully after this morning. But there the Apostle Paul gives these imperatives, the, this way, this design for family life. He said, children, obey your parents. That's got to be a mom and dad's favorite verse in the Bible, right? Children, that's got to be right next to a husband's favorite verse, which is wives, submit to your husbands, right? To children's, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. And we're going to talk about what that obedience entails here in just a minute. But Paul goes on to say, honor your father and your mother. And we'll talk about what the word honor means as well. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. And then Paul quotes what that promise is, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Macrochronios. Live long. Macros, long. Chronos, space of time. Macros, chronos, that you may have long life. Don't make it mean less than what it means. Obey mom and dad. Honor them. This is the first commandment with the promise that you might live a long life. Fathers, verse 4, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. That's what good Christian fathers are supposed to do, and by extension, good Christian mothers too. In fact, the Greek word, patirs, translated fathers here in verse 4, is often translated in the New Testament as parents, both mom and dad, patirs. Parents, such as the passage I'll give you is a, uh, in the Hero of Faith chapter of the Bible, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, uh, it speaks of Moses as a great hero of the faith. And it says, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his potiers, plural, by his parents. It wouldn't make sense, by his fathers. No. Moses was hidden by his parents because they, plural, saw that the child was beautiful and they, plural, were not afraid of the king's edict. Both of them, both mom and dad, did that. Moses had both his mom and dad to thank for that. In fact, if you read Exodus chapter 2 where this event is actually recorded, you'll see that it was Moses' mother that made the basket. 
and hid the baby Moses in the bulrush, defying Pharaoh's orders. So we're here this morning to honor both mom and dad, especially if they're good Christian parents who are trying to do everything in their power to give their children this advantage in life. Parents who let our children benefit from the power we have over them. Power. Uh, I like what um, uh, J. Vernon McGee says about this. He, he says he finds it amusing every once in a while when a 200-pound parent will say, I just can't control my little 20-pound toddler. You're a 200-pound... And I was a wrestler in my athletic days. They made us weigh in. They never made a 20-pounder wrestle a 200-pounder. Never happened. But for some reason, I just can't... Yes, you can, Mom, Dad. And you better when they're young because that 20-pounder grows up and they do get harder to handle. Can I get an amen? I followed many a mom down the grocery store aisle as they're pushing their cart and the little toddler's in the baby bumper seat and grabbing everything off the shelves. I want this, I want that. Can I have this, can I have that? Mom is saying, shh, quiet, let settle down. No, put that back. And I'm following mom and I'm praying. Mom, don't give in. Don't give in. The last thing we need is another little hellion in this world. <laughs> you better, you better, when they're young, you, you better. You, you do have the power then. And verse 1 says, children, obey. Hupakuo is the Greek word. Hupo uh, is the preposition that means under. And akuo is uh, the word we get our word acoustic from, to hear. Hupakuo means to, to hear or to listen under. To listen under. And that's what children are being told to do here. Children, listen under your parents now in the Lord, especially, for this is right. And it's not only right, it's smart. It's a smart thing to do. This is why so many Proverbs say things like our focus verse did this morning that we read here together. Uh, it said, hear, my son, your father's instruction, forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for the head and pendants for your neck. Now, some of you moms might have received a graceful garland for your head this Mother's Day or a graceful pendant around your neck, and you're a blessed woman if you did. I gave my wife chocolates, and I can't help if a couple of pieces were missing. It just happens sometimes. Um, but the point is, son, daughter, if you listen to your parents, if you could just see yourself after listening to your parents 10 or 20 years from now, you, if you could see yourself wearing that garland around your head and wearing those pendants around your neck, you would thank the Lord that you were willing to put your listening under your mom and dad. Now, if you've got a child with you, you might want to put your finger in their ears right now when I'm getting ready to say this. <clears throat> This doesn't even say the child has to agree with what mom and dad is saying. That's not the commandment. 
The commandment is, just listen to them for now. This is right. Let your hearing be open underneath what they're saying. Take this in. Don't forget this. The day may come, you may actually agree with it and be blessed by them. But right now, just respectfully listen to them. <clears throat> In Proverbs uh, 3, 1, says it this way, My son, do not forget my teaching. Well, you've been listening all these years. One day, you're going to grow up. Don't forget what I taught you. But let your heart keep my commandments. And some people mistakenly think that means obey what I said. No. The point is, you made the respectful decision to listen under what I was saying. And I'm asking you now, as you grow older, don't forget what you heard. But keep it in your heart. The day may come, you'll see why it was good advice that I was giving you. For, Proverbs 3, 2, for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. I, I can't help but chuckle every time I read a Bible verse that has a subject and predicate reversed like that because I always hear the voice of Yoda. I can't get Yoda out of my mind when I hear that. For length of days and years of life and peace add to you, it will. It will. It will. But the reason the Bible speaks in these sorts of ways is, is they emphasize by word order in the sentence the most important thought. And the most important thought is length of days, years of life, peace. Wouldn't you like to have that? How do you get that? Oh, oh, you do that by not forgetting what you have put yourself under to hear. You've kept that commandment in your heart simply by listening to mom, listening to dad, and not forgetting what they said. That's why Proverbs 4.1 says, Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. And then listen to what Dad says. This, I find this so interesting. Dad has just been saying, listen to me, son. Don't forget. Keep it, would you please? For, listen to this, when I was a son with my father, tender, and the only one in the sight of my mother, my dad taught me and said, let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments, and live. Son, what I'm telling you is only what my father told me, probably what his father told him. Keep these words and live. On and on the Proverbs go about the power of words. It's just, it's just words. But when they're spoken by a good, godly parent or grandparent and passed down from generation to generation, I'm telling you, there's power in those words. I never knew my dad's dad. William Augustus Andrews, from whom I'm named. I'm just Gus. Some people ask, what's my real name? That's it, just plain Gus. Uh, but I never knew him because he died before I was ever born. But I have no doubt that I've heard Grandpa Gus's words many times. You know where I heard him? 
I heard them from my dad. From his dad to my dad to me now that I'm dad. And now Lynn and I are trying to pass them on down to our kids. And our kids are doing their darndest to try to pass these words on down to our grandkids as well. That's how it works. Good parents do this. Good parents try to let their kids benefit from the power that parents have over them, the power of words. And we speak them in hopes of letting our children enjoy what the Lord has promised to those who live this way. You know, right now, there's a large part of our world that is very much like Vladimir Putin trying to limit the words that get out even as Russia bombs the living daylights out of Ukraine. Putin is trying to keep the Russians back home in the dark about what's really going on over there, all the destroying that he's doing over there. And a large part of our world is doing the same thing when it comes to the destruction of the family. Our world is doing things that are just bombing the living daylights out of the traditional family. But they're trying to keep that word out. So the family doesn't find out what's going on. And it's our job as good moms and good dads, as good parents, to get the word out, to get God's word out. And thereby, let our kids enjoy the life that God has promised and wants them to have. That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land is how verse 3 puts it, which is exactly what the fifth commandment says of the 10 Moses brought down from Mount Sinai. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy and honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And of course, the land that the fifth commandment was talking about was the land of Canaan, a land flowing with milk and honey that the Lord God was going to give Israel back then. But the apostle Paul here is appropriating that promise for Christian children who choose to honor. Tamao is the Greek word, to honor their father and mother. Tamao means to value, to place a price upon, to consider something a valuable commodity. For those who are so willing to honor their father and mother, they, they, price, they prize the words of their moms and dads so highly in their life that they're willing to put their hearing underneath those words so they keep them, bed them deep in their hearts. They do all this because they value those words. There's a, there's a commodity that is worth having in their life by listening to these words. And so they willingly listen. They put themselves under. They pay attention. They remember. You know, it reminds me of the old E.F. Hutton commercials. You remember those where uh, there'd be a, a crowded room somewhere and everybody be gabbing and somebody in the room would say, uh, my broker's E.F. Hutton and E.F. Hutton says, and then what happened? The whole room goes silent. Everybody leans in and listens because they consider value to this advice getting ready to be openly shared, we might be able to 
to make a profit off this. Listen, young man. Listen, young woman. Put yourself willingly under the words of mom and dad and keep those words. Don't, don't lose them. Don't forget them. One day you might actually want to live by them. And they could give you such a promised life that God wants you to have. <clears throat> well, some of those words are tender. Uh, it's kind of cute sometimes if you uh, just, you don't mean to. I guess it's not nice if you, if you kind of eavesdrop on people. But if you just kind of come around the corner and you see mom and dad or grandma and grandpa goo-gooing and gawgawing with their little one that they love, you know, there's some tender words that can, that can be said in, in some of those moments. But sometimes parents need to say tough words too. We need to say them. And the children need to have that value placed in their life so that someday they, they might be given the, that promised life that the Lord has. We're talking about our kids here. How much do you value your kids? What would you be willing to do to give them every chance of having the promised life God wants to give them? So don't, don't let our kids miss out on this life. Speak, Mom. Speak, tender and tough. Dad, speak that your kids might live long in the land that the Lord God is giving them. Which for the Christian, where is the land that the Lord God is giving us? We're talking about eternity here. We're talking about heaven. Not some land of Canaan filled with milk and honey. I've often thought about that. You know, milk and honey, that sounds kind of sticky to me. But we're talking about heaven. We don't want our kids missing out on that. Don't you see? There's just too much at stake for mom and dad to be silent. And let, let me say this because I truly believe these are some of the most powerful words that mom and dad will ever speak. Right behind those three words, I love you. I believe these are the most important words you'll ever speak, mom or dad, to your kids behind those words. Let your kids hear you pray. Let them hear you pray. Our text this morning says fathers, potiers, and we've already said how this can mean fathers or mothers. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Now, the word discipline there is the Greek word paideia, and it, it comes from the word chastening or the chastening rod. And there's no verse in the Bible that says spare the rod and spoil the child, but there's verses that come pretty close to that. And so there's a time for discipline, and believe me, I've received my share of it in my lifetime. But I want to look at this word instruction, nuthesia. In the Greek language, the word for mind is nous, uh, intellect, your, your thinking process. And thithame uh, is the word that refers to the bending or the, the bowing down. In fact, it's even used, uh, the root word is used for the bowing down of a person to another person or to a God, the, the bending of something. And so what we're talking about here with Nuthsamia, the instruction of the Lord, it is the bending of the mind. 
the bending or the shaping, just like um, you would bend a stave for a bow or, or staves for uh, a barrel or the, the rigging and the railing for a boat. I mean, boards don't grow that way. They have to be carefully, skillfully trained and shaped by the carpenter to, to be made into that useful instrument. This is what moms and dads are are being told to do with their children, to, to bring them up in the, in the discipline, in the, in the instruction, the nusamia of the, of the Lord in, in the bending of their mind. In fact, this is what the Old Testament verse means when it says, train up a child in the way he should go. Bend him towards the way he should go. And when he's old, he'll not depart from him. So that that child, your child, will not miss out on the life that God has promised for him or for her. And one of the best ways for you to do this is to let your child hear you pray. pray for everything, for anything. Real things, though. Bring them into your real world. And let your children hear your real concerns. Be sincere. Be meaningful. Be intimate but let them hear you pray to your God. Let them hear you pray that that leaked document from the United States Supreme Court might actually be correct. How many of you are praying right now that that is actually being rethought in America today? We're actually praying, Lord, please, if our leaders would rethink family life in America today, this would have to be high on the subject matter uh, to consider the importance of the family and every member of it, even the unborn member waiting to be born into it. Oh, Lord, might that be true that our leaders are really rethinking that issue. Do you see if you prayed that prayer before your kids, how you'd be praying to God sincerely, meaningfully, but at the same time, just them hearing you pray that is going to slowly bend, sway their thinking into the way they may go and not depart from it. Now, last week we heard David tell how he still remembers to this day, he still remembers the first time he heard his father pray. How many remember that last week? It's the best part of his sermon, I think. At the close of his sermon, he said, I I just want to let you know, I still remember the first time I ever heard my father pray. And if you'll remember, David said that's the day that David's father became the spiritual head of his family. And David said it changed his life, which we can thank the Lord because it's changed our life as a church too. And it all came from hearing his dad pray meaningfully, sincerely. Not only God was listening, little David was listening as well, wasn't he? And he was being swayed. His his mind was being bent in a certain direction. Let me tell you how it worked in my life. As far back as I can remember, the Andrews family always prayed around the dinner table. Uh, Dad prayed on Sunday. Don't know why. There's no Bible for it. Don't ask me. Uh, But Sunday was Dad's day. Dad prayed on Sunday. And then the four or five of us kids, we took turns praying uh, every meal the rest 
other days of the week. And, and I know how many kids was in my family, uh, but there were four of us early on. Then we had an oops child, so now there's five of us. So depending on what part of life I'm remembering my childhood, there were four or five of us, and every, every meal, uh, Monday through Saturday, uh, some one of us kids uh, took our turns praying around the table. Now, don't think we were little angels, because we all did it begrudgingly. None of us kids ran to the table and said, oh, pray, let me, let me. No, never happened. Uh, the conversation went something like this. I prayed last time. It's your turn. You did not. I prayed last time. It's your turn. That was the, that was the conversation around the Andrews table. Uh, we had a real life just, just like yours. We had a, we had a picnic table in, in mom's kitchen when I was a kid. And um, we, we loved for a guest to come to the table because we had this little Andrews welcome to the family routine. Uh, We'd all sit down on, on the picnic bench, and the guest would sit on the end of the picnic bench. And then on three, all us kids, we'd all jump up at the same time. Boom, we'd dump them right in the floor. And that was welcome to the family. You're, you're now on official Andrew's house, you know. And, uh, I mean, we had a lot of fun, but uh, we, weren't, we weren't angels by, by far. Uh, and we'd fume and fuss, and we'd finally get so hungry that one of us would give in and they'd go ahead and, and pray and, and we'd finally get to eat the meal. Every meal, every meal, always prayed. Um, but if you're counting right, you've probably noticed that one person in the Andrews house was left out. And that was my mom. Mom never prayed. Well, mom prayed. We just never heard her pray. Mom taught Sunday school in this church. She taught vacation Bible school in this church. I'm very, very proud my mom was a, was a Christian woman. But I, in my whole childhood, I never heard my mother pray. It just didn't happen. And as a result, <clears throat> um, I missed out on that opportunity as a little child. But I can remember, and thank the Lord I do remember, the first time I heard my mama pray. And it was... It was at the old root beer stand that used to be here in St. Albans, just behind Wendy's, behind, uh, beside the Penn Station now. I, I hate to tell you, but it's a cannabis store today, which might tell you what has happened to family life in St. Albans since I've been gone, by the way. But it used to be a root beer stand, and I can still remember... Uh, that's the first place I heard my mama pray. Lynn and I were already married, and we already had kids of our own. And we went out to eat with mom and dad, and we got our hot dogs and root beer, and we sat down. And then dad said something I'd never heard dad say in all his life. Dad said, Junie Bell, that's what dad called mom. I heard him say that a lot. Junie Bell, why don't you pray? I could have fell out of my seat. Lynn remembers it too. And I don't remember what mom said, but I remember hearing mom pray for the first time that day. I've heard her pray many times since that. But I think that was the day that dad helped mom break the ice in letting her kids hear her pray. And I'm so glad she did. And what I would give 
if I could hear my mama pray again. If I could only hear her tender voices then, how happy I would be. It means so much to me. If I could hear my mama pray again. Mama, Papa, if you only knew the power that you have to sway, bend, the thinking of your own kids simply by your words. You'd pray for them. You'd pray with them. You'd pray for them to find Jesus in the midst of all this disinformation that the world is throwing at them. You'd pray that they could find forgiveness through him for the sin that will eventually entangle them. If they could only hear you pray for the forgiveness of your sin. You'd pray with them. You'd pray to him. You'd confess him before them. You'd give your life to him. And you'd live your Christian life out before your whole family. If you knew the eternal difference that that was going to make in your children. I'm convinced you'd start praying with them, before them, for them. And you haven't already, I'm going to stand off to the side as we Sing in case anyone would like to confess Christ today, not just before this congregation, but maybe before your own kids. Maybe this is the day you're baptized into Him. I can't think of a better way to end this day. Let's all stand and pray before we sing, could we please? <clears throat> Lord Jesus, thank you for giving us, those of us who had them, good, godly, Christian moms and dads. And now, Lord, give us the courage to be those kinds of moms and dads before our kids today so that not one of them or us with them would miss out on that promised life you would give us. That's our prayer. It's in Jesus' name we pray it. God's people said.